Hi, this is the Seattle Mama Doc Podcast. I'm Dr. Wendy Sue Swanson. We all work so hard to reflect how we pull off parenthood, and often we may not feel good enough. I am here to help you face these challenges head on. And today, I'm just a quick reminder about influenza, or quote, flu, that most people call it, and the flu shot. So each and every year, we think somewhere between 10 and 40% of kids are going to be exposed to influenza. Now, influenza, there are multiple different kinds of influenza, and what we call those are strains. So you can be exposed to one type of flu and then actually, frankly, even be exposed to another one. So on average, though, you know, a lot of our kids in their school environments, in preschool, and we in the community and at work can get exposed to influenza every year. And the thing that you have to know about influenza is that medically speaking, influenza is unpredictable. And and what I mean is that I can't look in a room or like pop my head into a classroom and say and point my finger. There's the kid who's actually going to have a really bad outcome from flu. Flu is really unpredictable. And that's the only thing that's predictable about it. As you know, you know, a hundred years ago, it killed millions of people across the globe because that particular strain of influenza in pandemic, it's called pandemic flu, was so lethal. Now, that Nobody knew that that was coming, and we always work against that ever coming again. And that may not be what comes. But again, healthy children and, and you know, higher-risk kids, which we'll get into, can be at bigger risk for being hospitalized, having severe infections with influenza, and even dying. But last year alone in the United States, we had a crummy flu year in that it came a little earlier than we expected. So rather than it peaking when it normally does in January and February, it came in like November and December. So it caught us a little bit by surprise. And people were racing to get their vaccines on time because it was peaking, we thought, or spiking in huge you know, communities getting lots and lots of flu activity earlier. But it also killed 179 children. 179 children died last year, complications related to influenza infections. And there's two points of data that I think everyone needs to remember and hold in their hand to motivate them to, to think about how they protect their own family. And that is about half the children who die, and last year's not an exception, half the children who die from influenza each year are healthy kids. So it's not just kids with underlying neuromuscular problems or really underlying significant lung disease or asthma or diabetes. All those kids are at increased risk for having severe influenza. But half the kids who died last year were normal, healthy, run-of-the-mill kids pounding around their life who got influenza infection. It spread either to their lungs severely and or to their brain and their blood, and it caused them to die. And we know of the group of those 179 kids last year, 80% of those kids that died hadn't gotten a flu shot. So they weren't using every layer of protection to decrease the likelihood of death. And so we know even from that number that flu shots decrease the likelihood of a kid dying from flu. They may still get flu. They may have a mild course of illness, or they may never not ever get it because the flu vaccine can work. But it is one way to try to not roll the dice and to try to take every opportunity you've got to decrease the likelihood of a severe infection from flu. Now, I don't want kids to have a regular run-of-the-mill infection from flu because it causes, you know, seven to 10 days of fever in some kids, high spiking fevers, yucky, awful, you know, muscle aches, particularly in the lower legs, kids not wanting to get out of bed, describing that their hair hurts, that their skin hurts, their whole body aches, they cough, they have runny nose, and then this kind of robust fever. And of course, the yuckiness that 
that comes from fever. But what we care so much about preventing, too, is the secondary infections that can come after influenza viral infections. So influenza virus, um, like I said, there's all different kinds and strains, but it comes into the body, causes the infection, and then sometimes sets a child up to have what's called a secondary infection meaning they can sometimes have a severe bacterial pneumonia develop afterward. And in particular, flu can sometimes lead to like a staph infection in the lung or a pneumonia that can be more aggressive. can also cause infections around the brain called encephalitis. Flu also causes lots of secondary infections and even primary infections from flu of ear infections and, and can, of course, cause significant and severe respiratory distress and significant and severe blood infections that can lead to death. So flu can be kind of run of the keep you home and keep you feeling awful for a week or so, or it can be really threatening. And so we want families, of course, to be motivated to get the flu shot. But also, even if your kid has run-of-the-mill type flu or even flu-like symptoms, we want you to stay home because we want your kid to recover and rest and get fluids and let their body and their own immune system take and fight it off and get the vaccine to layer that, um, layer that protection. Okay. So that's my diatribe on what flu is and why we use the flu vaccine. Let me tell you a little bit about flu this year. So the flu vaccine for 2018-2019 is new uh, in two ways, really. Um, you know, each year there are centers, about 100 of them all around the globe, that do constant weekly surveillance of influenza. So, you know, for example, in Australia, they have a flu season typically during our summer here in North America. And we look, like, what are the different kinds and strains of flu that are affected? Australia. And then vaccine manufacturers mimic that. They say, okay, if they're having H3N2 and they're having this type of H3N2, we're going to put that in the vaccine because we think, you know, that kind of flu might come to North America. So there's constant around the clock, basically, all year long surveillance around the world. And then vaccine manufacturers estimate what they think is coming. And of course, they use the information from the years that preceded. But this year's flu vaccine has two new strains. So the flu vaccine, depending on who made the flu vaccine, can have three strains in it or four strains of flu that it's protecting against. So that's called trivalent or quadrivalent. Most of the flu supply for children in the United States is going to be quadrivalent this year. It just has that extra strain, which is good. Um, there's no there's no need for you to wait, though. If your, vac if your doc has trivalent flu vaccine, that's what I'd get. Um, each year, the quadrivalent vaccine will have two strains of influenza A, which is just kind of one type of flu, and two strains of influenza B. This year, there's H1N1, which you've heard of that we've been fighting off and using the vaccine for years. And then the other flu, A, is called H3N2. Now, the strain of H3N2 that's in the vaccine this year is new. So it's not just the same flu shot from last year. It's a new one based on what strain and the type of that strain that we think is going to come here. In addition, one of the flu B strains called the Victoria lineage is also new. So this year's flu shot is new. It is designed and engineered to replicate um, what we think is actually the kind of viruses that are likely going to spike. Last year, for example, H1N1 and H3N2 were the most likely strains that we saw. And then oftentimes even later in the season, we'll see more of what's called that influenza B strains that come. So that's one new change. Now, in the last couple of years, you know that we've only recommended the shot for kids. And people loved the nasal spray, but we found a couple of years ago that between the years 2013 and 2016, that nasal flu spray was good for some of the strains, but it wasn't very effective against that one strain called H1N1. And so the last couple of years, we said shot only. And last year, we did really well. The vaccine effectiveness was really good. So when you looked at how well it protected against 
influenza A, that H3N2 and the H1N1, the shot did a really good job. With that H3N2, which was one of our most prominent strains, it was 67% effective. That means if you took 100 kids and you gave them the shot and you coughed on them with a bunch of influenza, 67 out of 100 kids who got the shot wouldn't get influenza. It was effective at preventing the infection altogether. And then, you know, it did a very good job, 42% effective against the influenza B viruses. So it was actually a pretty robust flu year and the coverage was good. Now, each and every year it's different based on how old someone is, um, who they are and when they're getting the vaccine and do the strains match, but the strains match. However, the flu spray in those years just wasn't effective in H1N1. So this year, that has been redesigned in the nasal spray. But the American Academy of Pediatrics is saying, you know, we don't have um, guarantee that it'll work this year. We don't have any experience this year because it showed that the nasal spray showed an inferior effectiveness in the past. They're making making the recommendation this year that kids should only get the shot. Now, the CDC does know, though, that it's been re-engineered and has been used in human cells and tested that the H1N1 ingredient is effective. So anyone who's not a child can go and get that. And the nasal spray is designed for anyone who is healthy and over the age of two up to the age of 55 and not pregnant. So if you're in that category and or if your child is otherwise refusing the shot... Um, or the pediatrician doesn't have any shot and they only have nasal spray, you can go ahead and get that one. But the American Academy of Pediatrics is recommending shot only for kids six months and up and all those kids. So just over the, just to end it, you know, I mean, I think the thing is flu causes all these yucky symptoms, <laughs> makes us feel really bad. The vaccine is the, probably the your best shot at improving prevention, but instead of just staying home and staying away from people who are sick, children who are under the age of five years of age are at increased risk of severe infections by flu. They predominate, you know, they're the largest group that tends to pass away from influenza and they're the largest group of children who are hospitalized. So the likelihood of being hospitalized with severe respiratory disease stress after influenza is much higher if your child is under the age of five. And so we really want those kids immunized, of course. Um, and then we want anyone over the age of 65 to be immunized. They're at higher risk because their immune system's just getting kind of tired and the flu vaccine really helps them prevent against a severe infection. And of course, if anyone in your home or your children has an underlying health condition, they're at increased risk of side effects. Again, things like diabetes, lung problems, neuromuscular problems, and heart problems make you at risk. And then a big important group is really... Um, Pregnant moms. You know, pregnant moms are at increased risk for getting severe infections from flu and from dying from flu. So moms, it is safe for moms to get the flu vaccine. And it's often recommended during the third trimester if you're during the flu season because when mom creates antibodies to flu, then those antibodies get passed on through the placenta to that baby. And so newborn babies are too young to be immunized but are at high risk for side effects from flu. So pregnant moms can pass on not just safety for their baby because they stay healthy, but safety directly to their baby by passing on those antibodies. So why not get the flu vaccine? Well, there aren't many people who shouldn't after they're over the age of six months. But, you know, I think a lot of people walk around thinking that they can get influenza from the flu shot. And you just can't. The flu shot is what's called an inactivated vaccine. It means it's not a live virus. So it's just little like, imagine little pieces of protein that come from the virus that provoke the immune system to say, hey, I don't like this. But there's no live virus and it can't go into your body and replicate. But it can cause side effects. We know in younger kids, for example, somewhere between about 10 and 30% of young kids under the age of two or three, they'll get a fever after the flu vaccine. Most older people don't get a fever, but lots of people after flu vax, you know, will feel really kind of crummy, like their muscles are like, they'll feel kind of downtrodden, they'll maybe even have a low-grade fever or they think they do. Now, 
that's likely in some ways a good sign from the vaccine because their body's mounting an immune response and making those antibodies so that if they are exposed a month later or two months later, that their body would protect against the influenza vaccine or the influenza virus, excuse me. Now, Again, um, other side effects are probably relevant to list, and they're very rare, but there's a condition called Guillain-Barre syndrome, which can cause changes in the sensation of kind of like your hands and your feet, and it is associated with the flu vaccine. So if you or someone in your family has had Guillain-Barre syndrome in the past and you're concerned, talk with your pediatrician or family doctor about that. Um, And then there is an increased risk of seizure if you're giving the flu vaccine at the same time that you're giving a couple of different vaccines, so the what's called Prevnar vaccine or the pneumococcal vaccine um, or the DTAP vaccine, the diphtheria, tetanus, and pertussis vaccine, that's given typically around the 15 or 18-month-old well-child check. So if your child is in for a well-child check and also getting the flu vaccine, you can talk to your pediatrician that it, that it is known that sometimes the side effect from fever that can occur in combination of those vaccines, fever can sometimes provoke a seizure. And it might be more likely that the child gets that kind of fever after those vaccines are given on the same day. So that's one case where you might want to just come back the next week and get the flu vaccine if, if you feel that way. The rates of, of seizure after those vaccines are so small, though. Most pediatricians still recommend doing the vaccines together. And then one other group that often moms and dads and community members think about are egg allergic people. And we know now that the amount of egg that is used in the processing of even only some of the flu vaccines doesn't tend to cause any severe reactions, even in severe egg allergy patients. So at this point, even if your child or you have an allergy to egg, it is okay to go ahead and standardly get the flu vaccine. If you have any questions about that, again, talk to your pediatrician or allergist. But the recommendation is standard now. Lots of data that it is safe to do so. The rate of anaphylaxis or a severe um, reaction to the shot in the flu vaccine is no different than others, which is about one in every million doses that are given. So again, everyone over the age of six months should get a flu vaccine this year. If it's your child's first year ever getting a flu shot, they'll need to get two doses if they're under the age of nine. So that's a baby. First year, they're going to get a dose. And then a month later, they're going to get a booster dose. If your child's six years of age and they've never gotten a flu vaccine before, then you're going to start this year. Woohoo! But if you start this year, then you got to give them a first dose and then you give them another dose a month later. But if your child's ever had a flu vaccine in any year previous and they're um, under the age of nine, they don't need that second dose. And if your kid is over, if nine and up, they only need one dose altogether. Everyone in your family can get a flu vaccine. Ideally get it before, you know, Halloween because last year our flu season really came in November, December. And you want to get the flu vaccine at least two weeks before it's rising and bumping up in, in, in your community. We think you're likely protected two weeks after getting the shot. Go out there. Wash your hands. Stay home when you're sick. Get a flu shot. And let's get those numbers down from kids and older people and all of us having flu, but certainly having life-ending or life-threatening influenza infections. For more about flu, check out links on our Seattle Mama Doc blog. And also, if you have an Alexa Echo, we're going to have an Alexa skill called Flu Doctor. And I'll be providing weekly updates through that. And you can just ask Alexa to enable that skill. And you can learn all you want and ask Alexa questions as well. Um, we certainly know <laughs> that the reality of that is parenting is a high-stakes job. And hopefully with the flu vaccine, the good news is we've got this. Thanks for listening. The Seattle Mama Doc Podcast episodes air every single week. I'm always interested in hearing what you have to say, what was helpful, and what you want to learn more about. 
reach out to me on Twitter at Seattle Mama Doc, on my Facebook, Seattle Mama Doc, or at SeattleMamaDoc.com. Tell me what you want to learn. Tell me if you want to join me and point me to experts you'd love to learn more from. 